We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures, visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Have you ever woken up from a dream, walked around, and then realized you're still dreaming? Yes, and it's made me wonder, like, is reality actually part of a dream, like in Inception or The Matrix? How do we know if we are living in a dream or even in someone else's dream? Or like a low-resolution 8-bit video game. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Jorge. And this is Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. Explain the Universe. The whole entire universe. All of it. Now, you might be wondering, who are these guys who are going to explain the universe to you? Yeah, who are we, Daniel? Who are we, anyway? That's a deep (laughs) question. Well, I'm a particle physicist. I do my research at the Large Hadron Collider in Geneva, where we smash particles together and try to figure out what is the universe made out of and how does this all work, and mostly enjoy getting to play with enormous $10 billion taxpayer-funded toys. Nice. And uh, I'm a former robotics researcher, and now I'm a cartoonist. And where do you do most of your work, Jorge? Is it in a fancy government lab? Yes, I do most of my work in my pajamas in my garage, um, usually uh, starting late in the morning. (laughs) And how does a roboticist end up becoming a cartoonist? That is a really great question. And I have to tell you that um, my parents are also very worried about that whole career trajectory. Uh, but no, what, yeah. <laughs> they worried about their investment in your uh, in your education there? <laughs> I think they're just concerned about my um, financial well-being. Uh, but no, I used to be, uh, I used to be, I have a PhD in robotics. I used to uh, do research on legged robots and robots that could run and, and uh, uh, like jump around. Um, but then at some point I started drawing comics and I really liked that. And it kind of became more popular than my research. And so I draw something called PhD comics. Which is how we met, because I used to be a huge fan of PhD comics. 
Yeah. And um and I used to be a big fan of of like the universe. And so and so uh, <laughs> until you met me, now you're yeah. like, it's kind of over. almost all of the universe now. <laughs> and but the universe is sort of where we overlap, right? Uh, I do research about the universe and you try to explain the universe in your science communication and all that stuff and so I feel like we have a significant overlap there. Yeah, I just really like talking to people who know a lot of stuff about something and just kind of learning new things, you know. I always I always get my mind blown when I talk to someone who's a researcher uh, uh, on something because it's just kind of amazing like well, how much we don't know about stuff you know you sort of walk around feeling like hey we got everything figured out um, but I always love finding out what people are still like wondering about and I love pretending to know stuff about stuff <laughs> and blowing people's minds. So it's a perfect setup, right? Awesome. No, I think that some of these questions are really interesting and they're really accessible. And my hope is that people out there will be listening to this stuff and think, oh man, I wish I could have done physics in high school or some kid who's, who's listening to it out there gets inspired and thinks about um, potentially going into physics because there's a huge number of really deep, fascinating questions that we still have to answer like the topic of today's podcast. Yeah, today on the program, is the universe a simulation? The whole universe. I love the the size of these questions we're asking. Is the whole universe a simulation? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh so that's a crazy question. It's basically the question like are we living in the matrix? Well, first of all, the matrix is ridiculous because at its basic premise, it didn't work at all. You know, like humans what? as batteries. What? I mean, come on. Humans consume energy. They don't produce mm. energy. So the whole fundamental underlying assumption of the matrix, boom, toss it out the window. Uh-huh. But the core idea there that, that we could be immersed in a deeply realistic virtual reality that right. we're not aware of, right, that we think reality that what we're experiencing is reality when when actually it's something simulated. That's the fascinating question. Like what we see and what we hear and what we touch is not like actually real. It's just like a, a computer feeding us these sensations to us. Yeah, and only I think recently has this possibility even arisen because we do now have virtual reality, right? You can right. have fairly immersive experiences and people extrapolate from that. It's getting more real and real, the simulated things we can, the things we can simulate. Absolutely. I had a virtual reality experience a couple of weeks ago. I went to a go-kart place with my son mm-hmm. and I went into a virtual reality go-kart racing thing where you sit in a chair and the chair shakes when your car bumps into stuff and um, it's totally immersive. And, you know, every time I was about to crash into the wall, which was a lot of times, I found myself like throwing my arms up to protect myself and ducking and stuff like that because it really Whoa. felt... It felt realistic. It definitely triggered all of my instincts. And absolutely, I mean, I Um, would have wet myself if I hadn't peed just beforehand. (laughs) Well, I had a very uh, intense virtual reality experience too recently. I, I, um, I read the news. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and you think i hope the universe I hope, is a simulation because this simulation. is crazy yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's the idea is the, that's the question is the universe uh, a simulation like is 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 what we see around us real or is it are we like sitting in a vat of liquids floating somewhere in some alien beings um factory being uh fed all of these sensations and and sights and sounds just to kind of keep us happy for some reason. 
You make it sound so sinister. Why can't it be like a cozy, warm, cuddly environment where we're like nestled in a sunny garden somewhere and being fed this beautiful, wonderful universe of simulations, right? right. Why does it have to be like we're experiments in some, you know, we're subjects in some ex- sinister experiment somewhere? Well, why else would somebody do that? So let's take a step back. So this question has been kind of very recently come out. I mean, it's always sort of been around in science fiction, but... It's sort of become serious lately, right? Like uh, Elon Musk is wondering about it. Right. And so we went out in the street and we asked people if they thought that we, they were living in a simulation. So think for a moment yourself, listener. Do you think the universe could be a simulation? Here's what people on the street had to say. Well, like a matrix or something like that? <laughs> could be, but uh, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. No, but it's because I don't want to tell myself that everything I do is a simulation. Our universe seems so realistic and normal. It doesn't seem like that could be possible. So most people thought maybe it was a possibility, but nobody really firmly believed it. Nobody thought, absolutely, I'm convinced. Yeah, most people seem very skeptical. (laughs) But a lot of them allowed the possibility, right? Well, you never know, but maybe sort of a thing. Yeah, and I I have to admit, I fall into that camp. I'm pretty skeptical about this idea. Uh, And I like one of the answers that they said, which is like, I don't know if that's possible. Everything seems really realistic. Yeah, that's a nice argument. And it's just because the universe around you feels so detailed. I mean, you look at the tiniest little water droplets and the light sparkling Mm. off of it. It seems like an impossible problem to write a simulation that is this realistic. It seems impossible, right? Yeah. But I don't know if that's a really very persuasive argument because... Computers are getting faster and faster. If you just extrapolate from what we can do now to what we can do in 20 years. I mean, look at how video games have improved from like Super Mario Uh to super realistic racing games now. It's incredible how much more realistic they are. From like Pong to like, uh, yeah, like World of Warcraft. They're so realistic now. Absolutely. So I don't really think the it's impossible argument is very strong. Also because... You have to imagine if somebody is running our universe as a simulation, who knows what kind of computational powers they have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and if they are, their universe, the one that our universe is running as a simulation inside of, doesn't have to follow the same laws as our universe, right? If we're in a video game inside somebody else's universe, our video game can have rules that don't exist outside the video game, right? So they, like F equals MA or general relativity, that could have been something they just made up because they thought it would be fun or interesting, you know, like, like we, like we create video games with crazy physical rules. You know, Mario can jump half of the screen. He can jump 20 feet up in the air. Um, so maybe that's, that's what our physical laws are. They're just kind of like, Hey, let's uh, make this fun universe where F equals MA. Is that kind of the idea? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's partially the origin of this idea. You know, mm. what is physics doing? Ask yourself that. Physics is trying to figure out what are the rules of this universe, right? Mm-hmm. What are the underlying code that runs this universe? And so now that we actually have pretty powerful computer programs, people wonder, well, if you were in a computer program and you were trying to figure out what the rules of that simulated universe were, you'd essentially be trying to understand what was the physics coded into that universe. You would be a physicist. And so in some sense... Yeah, you'd be a physicist, exactly. Physicists are trying to reverse engineer the source code of the universe, right? Regardless of whether you believe the universe is real or a simulation, mm-hmm. it does seem to follow some rules, right? So it's like when you and first it's play, amazing that we can even discover those. So it's kind of like when you first play Super Mario or something, 
and you're, you're just jumping around and moving around trying to figure out how Mario moves, you're essentially like being a physicist in that world, right? That's exactly right. Everybody who plays a video game for the first time is being a physicist. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly Let's right. Let's give a PhD that to everybody who plays video games. <laughs> That's right. That You just gave a whole generation of listeners a reason to stop doing their physics homework and turn on their video yeah, games. Yeah. Thank you, Jorge. But the PhD is only valid inside the video game. That's right. But you know, I think that there's um, a natural curiosity there, right? The reason video games are fun is because you get to explore a new world and figure out its rules and learn to master it. Right. Also, the best science fiction is the same way. The best science fiction, you're thrown into a fictional universe and the rules could be different. Usually they are. And you have to figure them out. You know, bad science fiction, they tell you in boring narration overtones exactly how things work. But in good science fiction, you have to puzzle it out for yourself. You have to deduce what the history is and what the rules are and how things work in this fictional universe. You have to be like an explorer, like an experimenter. Yeah. I love how we're describing physicists as these like avant-garde explorers. <laughs> as uh, couch potatoes who play video games. That's, that's basically uh, what you guys... Not that, uh, not that different from reality. Spelt couch potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I find it really interesting that you, you, so you're a serious physicist. I mean, like, um, you know, you, you're like a professor and, and you, you've, you don't sort of scoff at this idea immediately, you know, like, I feel like it's a crazy idea, but it, it's like something physicists, uh, uh, actually sort of th- say, are forced to say, yeah, it's possible. Right. Well, I think part of the job of being a physicist, and I would take exception with to being called too serious, seriously. <laughs> um, part of the job of being a physicist is being prepared for making mind-blowing discoveries. You know, I the think- best kind of physics discoveries are the ones that completely change your view of the universe. You know, that mm. discover where you discover the universe works really differently from the way you thought it did. Right. And so you have to be open to crazy new ideas if you even have a chance to make a crazy discovery. I guess by serious physicist, I mean uh, an employed physicist. (laughs) That's right. I still have a job. (laughs) That makes me a physicist. On that note, let's take a quick break. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, How have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your 
overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I like what you said earlier, which is that, you know, our universe right now, the one we're in, even if it was not a simulation, is sort of like a simulation in that that's kind of what a simulation is. It's like you, there's laws and then uh, you figure out what's going to happen in the next time instant based on those laws. That's, I mean, that's basically what a simulation is, right? Right. But is the universe like a simulation or is a simulation like the universe? I mean, we con- whoa, 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 invented whoa, whoa. You simulations. Just blew my mind. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or as a Keanu Reeves says, whoa. I mean, we invented simulations in order to model example universes, right? We said, what would happen if the universe was like this? Well, let's see. And then we build a little simulation and we test it out. So simulations are built to mirror the universe on mm. purpose. And and we code in the rules of the universe in that simulation because we think there are rules of the universe. And we could have a whole other conversation about like, why does the universe have rules? Why do those rules seem to be fairly constant? And why can we discover them and express them in terms of mathematics? Like enormous philosophy questions we haven't even scratched the surface of. Right. And I, th- I really like thinking about like, what is the computer of the universe? Except for a moment, the universe follows some laws, real or mm-hmm. simulation. Right. They're like imprinted in the way things are. Yeah, they're set somewhere, right? They're fixed somehow. Mm-hmm. How are those laws enacted? Like when a particle bounces off of another particle, how is that calculation done? You know, how, what determines what is going to happen there? It takes no time, right? It's instantaneous. Right. There's no lag or delay in our universe that says, oh, you know, um, no, there's no spinning ball of death when something complicated happens, right? right? No matter how complicated it is, the calculation is done instantly. Like, how does that little particle know to follow the rules? That's right. That's right. It's just it's just done. Yeah, and like, what is, what is there to enforce those rules, right? If a particle is like, yeah, I'm not going to follow the rules. I like how you try to give uh, attitude to everything. Like, even <laughs> particles have personalities. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why I got... Um, fired from my robotics job. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just um, Yeah, but like, what's in, what, in, what enforces the laws of physics in our universe, right? Like, that's... Uh, right, well, if you, if you like the simulation model, mm-hmm. right, then remember that inside the simulation, the rules are followed, but the calculations are done outside the simulation, right? Uh, if we build a simulated universe, right, you and me sit down and decide one day to build a, a little mini universe in which cartoonists and roboticists are kings or something. Mm-hmm. 
And we can set the rules of that universe, but the calculations for that universe are not done inside that universe. They're done in our universe, right? In our computers. Like in a simulation or a video game, you would say, all right, here's the mass of Mario, and this is the force that's being applied to Mario. Therefore, he should be accelerating. You crunch the numbers, and you say he should be accelerating this much, right? And then you apply that to the video game. Say we're in universe zero, right? And we're simulating universe one. And then, as you said, things that happen in universe one are calculated in universe zero, right? right. Outside of our universe. Uh-huh. That's the thing I find compelling about this is the universe of simulation question because it touches on that question. Where are the calculations done for our universe, universe zero? Right. Is there a universe minus one with some giant computer that's doing these calculations blindingly fast? Mm. Or is it just magically done? So like if if we're in a simulation and everyone listening to this is in a simulation, what is computing the calculations in the upper universe, in the outside universe? That's right. What is that computer like? It doesn't have to follow the same rules as our universe. Mm -hmm. And how is it possibly doing all these calculations um, to describe our universe? And this is a question that's fair to ask, even if the universe is real, even if it's not a simulation, you have to wonder, how is this done? How is this... um, How's this universe run? Right. You know, I think that's a really fun well, it question. Does, it doesn't go away. That's the interesting thing. It's like, even if we are a simulation, then you still have to answer the question about the, the aliens' universe, you know? Like, what? How, how does it work for them? Yeah, that's right. It's an, an endlessly recursive question. And uh, you can always ask, are we in a simulation or not? And, you know, basic things that we assume, like the universe has rules, those rules don't change with time, mm-hmm. that could be different in other simulations or in the you know this the universe that's running our simulation that could be different it could be that in their universe the laws of physics change with time the speed of light is variable with time or um, all sorts of other stuff so they were like hey let's have some fun let's create a, a video game where the rules don't change yeah for example i mean that's just one hypothetical not one that i believe but just it's a possibility um and and that that touches on other really fascinating stuff like Say you have some calculation you want to do, and it's really complicated. It would take uh, one of our computers a billion years, right? Mm -hmm. If you can arrange our universe in such a way so that it it does that calculation for you, well, our universe appears to be able to do these calculations instantly, right? Mm -hmm. So, So you might be thinking, well, that's absurd. Well, let me give you a concrete example. Say you have a ball that has like 10 to the 10 atoms in it, and you want to understand how it drops, right? How it falls. Right. Well, you could either do that calculation, which would take you a billion years, or you could actually just drop a ball, right? So in that sense, we can use our universe as a computer. If what you wanted to know was something that was going to happen naturally in our universe. Exactly. And that is what experimental physics is. is arranging <laughs> physical systems to do instantaneous calculations of things we otherwise couldn't figure out, right? For example... Oh, my God. I kind of said it in a derisive way. I kind of said it as like, that's a silly idea. But you're saying it's the basis of of your entire research field. That's right. That's what (laughs) experimental physics... That's why we do experimental physics, because the universe is faster at calculating this stuff than we are. Sometimes in particle physics... We don't know how to do a calculation. We're like, well, what happens when this and this hits that? Well, we can't calculate it. Well, let's just go measure it. Oh, right? I because see. the universe can do the calculation without us. If you had access and to so, a miraculous computer, you wouldn't need to do experiments because you could just simulate every possibility in this magical computer and you would know the answer. 
That's right. And the universe is that computer. Oh, that's that's wild. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's not infinitely configurable. Like on your simulation that you write on your laptop, you can control everything. You can do everything you want. In the case of the universe, we can't necessarily do any arbitrary calculation because you can't arrange the universe to do it for you. Like if you wanted to yeah. know what's going to weather going to be like tomorrow in Australia, that's right. a really hard calculation. How would we set that up? Well, we'd have an earth, right? right? And we'd run it forward for a day, but you wouldn't have the answer in advance, right? You'd have the answer tomorrow when it's tomorrow in Australia. Right. So it's not, it's not, I'm not saying that the universe is a perfect infinite computer that we can use to answer any question. I'm saying that's kind of the model. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. On that note, let's take a quick break. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right, it's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, I find it really fascinating that uh, physicists have 
come up with ways to maybe check to see if we are in a simulated universe, right? Like there's actual, there might be experiments we can do to test whether we are Neo in the matrix or not. Exactly. And that's step two, right? Step one is have crazy idea. Step mm-hmm. two is how could we test this idea? <laughs> step two, get money for the crazy idea. <laughs> Apply for grant funding for crazy idea. Um, it's pretty hard because you have to make some assumptions about how that simulation is done, right? Mm. And those assumptions are just guesses, really. And But that's fine. Like a lot of times in science, we don't know how to approach a problem. So we just make a bunch of guesses so that we can at least try to answer the question. And then maybe later we reevaluate those guesses and try to uh, widen the scope or whatever, but just so we can get somewhere. Right. Well, what are some of these ways that physicists think that maybe we could figure out if we're in a simulation? Well, one way is to look for things that move super duper fast. And the reason is that if we were to simulate a universe, the Mm -hmm. way we would do it is to slice space up into huge cubes and simulate each cube. Because you can't simulate the whole universe at once. You'd want like a bank of computers. You would only simulate the parts that are sort of relevant to the video game players. That's right. And also you would want to have a bunch of computers working in parallel. You wouldn't want a single computer operating Um, on the whole universe. You just want to slice it up and say, this cube uh, light year cube of space is handled by this computer and this light year cube handled by that by that computer and when things cross the boundaries they have to talk to each other but that's the way we simulate for example you know an ice cube forming you have you have a bunch of calculations of these water molecules but you do them in little cubes um, and then you interface them and so people think what happens when something is going super fast through the universe it could cross a bunch of these cubes really quickly and that would be difficult for this simulation to do correctly. And so we'd have to look for little glitches like that. Like you would have to um, look for cases that are really kind of pushing the the limits of the computer that's simulating us potentially to see if there are any, like like if, if the simulation breaks somehow. Exactly. And that's, and you, you put it exactly right, but we have to assume we know something about what's hard for those kind of universe simulators, right? Which is like so presumptuous to even know. But... If what's hard for the universe simulators is the same thing as what's hard for us when we simulate little mini universes, mm-hmm. then one thing that's hard is things that cro- that go really fast. And so there are things out there in space that's, that zoom around super quickly and that can potentially give us clues. So we have to assume that A, it's hard to simulate the entire universe at the same time, so we have to break it up. And B, we have to assume that um, things going really, really, really fast across these different chunks of the universe, um, that's a hard problem. That's right. And so one thing we look at are super fast cosmic rays. Cosmic rays are just particles in space zooming around. And it's a whole other interesting mystery about why those particles are there and why they're going so fast. But they're going incredibly fast, like ridiculously fast, much faster than particles we make here on Earth, even at at our fancy $10 billion accelerators. Mm -hmm. And those are going so fast that they might reveal these glitches. So if we look to see if those particles are coming at the same rate in every direction and this kind of stuff, we might be able to get hints that there might be little glitches in the simulation. Cool. So are there any other ideas for testing this? I don't think there are any ideas that have much widespread support. I mean, we're already talking about crazy theories here. (laughs) But I mean, an idea I have is communicate with the simulators. Right, like let's what? send them a message. You know, like like I know uh, what you're. I see you. Like I know yes, what's going on. We, we figured it out, right? Like, say you are 
running a simulation of a universe, right? Uh-huh. And you don't tell the beings inside that universe that it's a simulation because uh-huh. that would spoil your experiment somehow, right? Right. Well, if they discover it, then you kind of want to know. And maybe you'd be interested in talking to them, right? So I think let's try to send a message. Right. You know, let's write something on the... It's the equivalent of writing SOS on the beach or, or something. But they, they would you know, know everything we message. know because they're overseeing our, our universe. So they would know that we're actually bluffing. We say, ha-ha, we found out. <laughs> That's right. And they'd be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't talked to us so far. Why would they start now? We started bluffing. Mm. That's a good point. But you're assuming we are bluffing, right? What right. if we sincerely, honestly believe that the universe is a simulation? You're right. We don't have any evidence for it. So we can't right. So we can't scientifically, sincerely believe that. Well, I think the biggest sign that we're in a simulation is the fact that um, Ken Reeves hasn't aged the day. <laughs> Surely that's pushing That is a glitch in the matrix right there. That's a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. Well, um, what would it be like to be in a simulation? Like, what implications would that have? It might be just like this. It might not be any different. Yeah, I mean, if we are in a simulation, then we already know the answer. What's it like to be in a simulation? But you probably meant something else. You probably meant, like, like does it mean that simulated we're real? a mind. Oh, I see. Like, are we simulated minds? Like, maybe we're not yeah. um, humans in a vat, in a warehouse, in an alien warehouse. Maybe we're, like, actually, like, pieces of coding. We're like artificial right, intelligences. Yeah, exactly. Maybe oh, you are Mario. Oh my right? God. So like maybe we're like the um the fodder in a video game. We're like the mushrooms in Super Mario. <laughs> you know, we're just here for, for <laughs> that are program we're programmed right. in. Oh. Right. There's sort of two levels there, right? Like one level is you are a brain and your brain exists in the real universe, but you're being fed f- information about a fake universe, right? But mm-hmm. your brain exists in the real universe. That's sort of level one. Uh-huh. Level two is you don't exist in the real universe at all, except in that simulation. Oh right? my if I God. write a piece of code that describes a virtual person, mm-hmm. right? You could just be, exist in that simulation. And so the question is like, Basically, are, that would, are we real? Are we conscious? Are we actually something? Or are we like completely fake or Right, which is a, right now an open question in philosophy. Like, say, for example, I could perfectly simulate Jorge's brain and Jorge's mm-hmm. body, right? Yeah. And I had that inside a computer, and it was a completely faithful reproduction, right? Mm-hmm. And just like you, it spent most of its day in pajamas and taking naps in the afternoon, right? <laughs> totally accurate. The question is, would that Jorge feel anything? Would it be aware? Would it be self-conscious? Right. Because really, we're sort of computers ourselves, right? Like, if we are real, we're just a bunch of like neurons, which are really just like little computers. We're just a massive computer in, in our brain. So maybe, um, maybe there's no difference. Maybe there's no difference, right? Exactly. Maybe the thing that makes us us is just the arrangement of these bits, right? Just the information stored in the the physical computer that is me or the physical computer that is you. Mm-hmm. That's a little hard to grasp. It's a little hard to feel comfortable with thinking I am just this representation, right? Because that means that you could translate me into a totally different representation, right? Bits inside a computer, which are also a physical system, right? A computer is a physical system with switches and, and bits and stuff. And then that could be somehow equivalent to me. The problem is I don't think we could ever know. And what I mean by that is Say I have a computer simulation, which is a perfect reproduction of Jorge, right? I mean, not that I'm not perfect already, but 
Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't make a few tweaks. Right? <laughs> you wouldn't make a few tweaks. Oh. Um, but say we had the simulated version of Jorge mm. and we asked it, are you real? Well, if I ask you if you're real, you'll say yes. So mm. if the simulation is a perfect reproduction of you, it will also say it's real. Right. How do we distinguish between something that says it's real, seems real, and but isn't actually aware? Wow. We can't. That's a it's a topic known as a philosophical zombie right. in, in philosophy circles. Yeah. Well, the whole reason we're talking about this is basically um is that the the computers are getting so advanced now that it's actually kind of a possibility. A and B, physicists can't categorically say, no, that's impossible. And so that's why we're talking about it. That's right. And there are even some people that make the argument that it's likely. Okay, likely. Some people even say it's not just like a crazy idea that's not impossible. It's like mm, there's there's strong evidence for it. Not strong evidence, but here, here's the argument. You can judge for yourself how strong it is. The idea goes like this. Say there's one real universe, mm -hmm. and inside that real universe, somebody invents a simulated universe. Inside that simulated universe, somebody invents a simulated universe. So now imagine a whole set of nested universes, right? Uh -huh. Each of which is very realistic and high fidelity and has beings in it that feel alive and love and hate and, and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, then... If there are this whole nested set of universes and only one is real, then what is the probability that ours is that real one? So they argue that, therefore, the probability that our universe is real is small. Right? It turns the question on its head. Is the universe a simulation to is the universe real? And it suggests that that's unlikely. Oh, meaning that it is, it is possible to simulate a universe, therefore... In the infinity of in of time and space, um, what's the likelihood that we are real, not a simulation? Um, it's it's like non-zero. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you're in an infinite crowd and only one person is real and everybody else is fake, what are the chances that you're the real one? Pretty small. Wow. Um, I think that's not a very strong argument because it makes a lot of assumptions, you know. It assumes that universes will always simulate another universe and those universes mm -hmm. would be high fidelity and that all of them would be like ours. Right. Um, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, it does have that cosmic context. I like the, sense, the, the fact that it reminds us that we don't really know where we are and what the context is. And that as important as we think we are sometimes, it could just be that we are Super Mario Brothers bouncing around inside a video game. That's, that's, I think, a useful reminder. I've always identified more with Luigi, to be honest. Because <laughs> he's the taller one. Yeah, I think he's a, yeah, he's just kind of the cooler, the cooler brother. <laughs> he doesn't care about getting all the spotlight, right? He's, he's over that. He's above it. Well, whether we are in a simulation or not, um, it's really fun to kind of question the nature of the universe, right? Absolutely. And it's only in asking these crazy questions that we're going to make crazy discoveries. Right. Like, the universe might not be a simulation, but in thinking about ways to test it, we might discover other weird stuff that, that gives us another crazy idea. Right. And that one might actually be true. So this is we're all physicists in the sense that we like to all yeah. think about big questions about the universe. It's like in trying to break the video game, that's when you discover the, the hidden Easter eggs. That's right, the Easter eggs of the universe. That's what we're all hoping for. <laughs> Cool. Well, I hope you guys are um, keeping it real out there and uh, enjoyed this discussion. I hope you're keeping it simulated and have a great day. Yep. Till next time.
Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits... LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.